Man, uh, what a good day so far, right? I mean, this has been great, great, great uh, gathering together today. And uh, man, I'm excited for camp, too. I mean, we've been talking about it a lot, but we're going to keep on talking about it until it happens. So we're pumped about that. But before we obviously get to camp, we got this series. And uh, this series is called Looking for a Miracle. And, you know, we, we started today by talking about moms and child dedication, all sorts of things, which makes me just think, like, moms are a miracle, am I right? Like, praise God for moms, because I've learned that in the short time of, of parenthood, like, just I have such a greater appreciation for moms than I used to. It's not that I didn't appreciate my mom, didn't love my mom or anything like that, but I'm a self-declared mama's boy. But, like, when I saw Katie turn into a mother, it was amazing to watch, because it was so clear to me that God had designed uh, her with these gifts that were just unlocked that I had never seen before. And I mean, I love seeing God work that way. I love seeing God move that way and, and seeing the design he has for people's lives. And, and I don't think that's just something that is strictly with biological mothers. I mean, I think that's with, with every woman. There are things that are, are built into them where they have this ability to make things new, make things better. And, and the motherhood example is just a great, easy example of that. Like, if you start thinking about all the different ways that moms make things better, it's in a pretty astounding thing, right? Like, for example, I did not know how to change a diaper uh, before Keely was born. So, like, the week before, we go into our nursery, and we grab this stuffed hippo, and I had to change that hippo's diaper, right? She made my life better. Actually, she made her life better by teaching me how to... <laughs> You know, another example of the diaper thing, like she taught me that like the, the ruffles on the diaper, if you fold them out, that helps prevent blowouts, which is important because I don't like dealing with blowouts. It's not good, right? Uh, you know, or take a house, for example. If dudes were responsible for designing the house, how do you think that would go? <laughs> not good, right? Like we have that beautiful, beautiful uh, Mother's Day uh, photo opportunity out there in the lobby. And, uh, you know, I was really proud when I built that. You guys believe that I built that? No, because I didn't, right? A, a mother built that. You know, there's just things that, that moms do to make things better. You see it naturally. Uh, another way I could say is moms make things feel new. For example, like if a kid falls and scrapes their knee, they're not running to dad, they're running to mom, and mom's taking care of it and making that knee feel like it's new again. And it's this whole process. There's just this gift, this, this, this thing that, that moms have that, that have that. And, and, I, and I say it again, praise God for the miracle that is moms. Like life is just so much better because of it. And I really want to talk about today that, that language that I've been using is making things better. Or another way I really want to attack it for this conversation that we're having together is the idea of being made new. Because if I had to guess, there's a lot of us in this room that in some form or fashion, we want to be made new. I think that's why New Year's resolutions and vision boards and things like blank starts on Monday is so popular. It's so prevalent. is because we look at the status of our lives and we don't currently like it. And we want something different. We want something better. We want to be made new. You know, there's obviously some, some funny routes we could go down, but on the more serious routes, there are times where we look at our lives and we say, man, what I'm doing, I don't like. Or what I'm doing, 
has pushed people away from my life or pushed them out of my life or what I'm doing, God doesn't approve of. And we feel like we're in this position where we need to be made new. But if I had to guess, just as I bet that there's a lot of people that feel like they need to be made new, there's a lot of people that have been trying to be made new, to feel different, to be different, to live differently, but you're striking out all over the place and you just kind of feel empty. And maybe you're in here today saying, I am looking for a miracle. I need something to happen in my life. I need God to show up. I need him to move in my life because of the current status of my life isn't working. I think I got some good news for you today. And the good news that I have for you today is that there is a way we can participate in the miracle. Like we said, it's, it might not be the exact way that we expect, but we do believe that God intervenes in our life, as we said a few weeks ago. And I believe these two things that we're gonna talk about today is gonna help uh, happen. So the two things I wanna talk about today to help us be made new, if we're looking for a miracle to be made new, the first thing we gotta do is we gotta find a cure. And I pull this from Mark chapter one. We've been hanging out there a lot for this series. Mark chapter one, verse 40, it says this. It says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. If we look at this season of scripture, if you remember last week we talked about Jesus healing a bunch of people. This was really a season of healing in Jesus' life where he was healing people all over the place. And this guy who has leprosy, he is in a bad spot because of this leprosy. And he's going, man, I need to be healed as well. I need to be made new. I need something different for my life. And he's struggling. And that's something we could look at and say, oh, that's terrible. I can't believe that he'd be struggling so bad. Like, why, why, why is that a big deal for him? Like, well, it's a big deal because back then, if you had leprosy, your identity changed, your community changed, and ultimately that means your life changed. And that's not something new in history. I mean, if you look at AIDS in the 90s, if you look at, you know, if you catch COVID now, you got to be quarantined. Like, it is natural in life that we've seen over time of history that when things happen to people, especially on the disease front, they get outcasted, they get pushed away, and this was nothing new. This was a man that had really lost everything, and he just wanted to be made new. He wanted to be made clean. Leviticus 13 does a great job explaining why that is. This is kind of the, the process for people if they have leprosy or some sort of skin disease. It says, those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside of camp. So as we see here, if you have leprosy, you are wearing tattered clothing your hair is growing long. You're not able to do anything with it. If anybody comes close to you, you must shout out, unclean, 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 and then you are forced to live outside the community in a camp by yourself. It's a pretty tough life. So if you had leprosy, you were an outcast. You were in a bad spot. And unfortunately, that feeling of being unclean is a feeling that a lot of us have, and it's a feeling that I've had in my life as well. It was seventh grade. 
I had uh, just finished the football season. I was feeling pretty good about myself. I uh, was made captain of the football team, so I felt awesome. We won one game that year. Great captain, right? So I was fired up. Like, I'm feeling good about myself. Like, my pride could not have been any bigger, right? Like, I'm just feeling awesome. And basketball season was coming up. And, well, in Illinois, we know how to shoot jump shots. And we love basketball up there, right? And so I'm excited for basketball season. I'm like, okay, I just became captain of the football team this past year. Now it's seventh grade. I'm going to be a star player on the basketball team. Tryouts happen. You know, we go through the preseason practices. I'm named starting power forward. So, like, I'm like the Draymond Green of, of the Quincy Junior High Comets. I'm feeling awesome. I'm feeling amazing. I'm like, man... This first game's going to happen. I'm going to do incredible. I'm going to thrive. And all the girls are going to love me. I've noticed a lot of my stories start that way on this stage, don't they? I'm feeling good about myself. So we get ready. Uh, You know, in junior high basketball, middle school basketball, like, your uniform, you get past it like 30 minutes before the game because it's middle school basketball. So, you know, we get there for the first game. We're sitting there. We get our uniforms. I get the number 45. Stinks. A terrible number. But I was like, okay, well, whatever. It's white jerseys because we're at home. I got the white kicks on. Like, I'm feeling clean. I'm feeling fresh. We line up at the door uh, about to run into the gym. And obviously, it's 2008, which means Soldier Boy was a blaring through the speakers. And we were thriving as seventh graders and we were running out we're like I'm we're getting ready we're, we're balling we're like feeling good and we're you know you know we're middle schoolers we think we're the men we're not but as we're warming up and all this is happening I start noticing people pointing at me why are people pointing at me I haven't done anything yet and I start noticing some people laughing at me Then I start noticing the cheerleaders laugh at me. Maybe I thought to myself, like, do I just look really chubby in this uniform? Yeah. I did. (laughs) This body has not changed. (laughs) I'm like, what the heck is going on? Why is everybody pointing at me? Why is everybody laughing at me? Why is this happening? Whatever. We'll figure it out. So before the game, you know, it's a couple minutes left on the clock. We run back into the locker room for the the pregame speech, whatever. So as we're running in, you know, we're jogging up, and Mason, our starting small forward, is behind me. And all of a sudden, I hear him call out, Clay, what's on your uniform? I'm like, what do you mean? So I run to the, the gym mirror, the, the locker room mirror. And as I'm looking in the mirror, I look at the front, I'm like, nothing's wrong there. I do one of these. I turn around. white uniform, and I notice there's a very faded, very brown streak down the backside of my shorts. I'm mortified because I am wearing someone else's poopy shorts. I'm also thinking to myself, if I say someone else pooped my shorts, no one's going to believe me. <laughs> but that's what happened. And at this point, I'm going, my life is finished. I am unclean, unclean, 
unclean. This is what I was going to be known for as ever. I'm going to be the poop pants kid at middle school. Like, I am donezo. Terrified. Thankfully, I did a whole lot of other dumb stuff that made people forget about that and made fun of me for other things. But it was a moment in my life I thought, man, I'm going to be an outcast forever. And hopefully you never have a situation like that. If you do, let's have a prayer circle afterwards. <laughs> but chances are that there has been things that have happened in your past. There have been things that you've done. There's been just things that have happened in your life, maybe to you, or it's just the occurrences of life that you feel like, man, I'm going to be defined by this thing forever. I'm going to be an outcast by this thing. I, I am going to be known by this thing. And all you're thinking the entire time you're dealing with that is I want to be made new. I need it. Because what's happening is you are dealing with that pain. You look in the mirror every single day and it's hurting you. It's killing you. And you're just at a point where you are tired. And you are looking for a miracle. And just like the guy with leprosy, right now you might be begging for a miracle. What I love is Jesus' response to this guy coming up to him and begging in this situation. Uh, it says this in verses 43 and 44. It says, moved, or, uh, yeah, sorry, 41, 42. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. He touched the guy with leprosy. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared, and the man was healed. It's interesting. He goes up to this guy, and he heals him. What shocks me in this moment is typical rabbi, the typical teacher, would reach out and be like, no, no, no. I ain't going to touch you. No, no, no. I'm not going to get close to you. No, 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 you are cursed by God. Stay away. But Jesus, moved with compassion, comes to him, touches him, embraces him, and heals him. And what I know about this, and this teaches me, is no matter how dirty we feel, no matter how messed up our past is, no matter how many mistakes we have made, Jesus wants to be in relationship with us because we matter to him. And in that moment, the leper mattered to Jesus. Jesus didn't just say, you're cleansed. Jesus didn't just say, hey, go do your thing, you're fine. No, Jesus went up and got close to him. And as Jesus got close to him, the leper found the cure. I wanna ask you today, what's the cure that you're looking for? Are you looking for a cure for your marriage, for your illness, for your finances, for your relationships, for your job, for your addiction, for your identity, for your emotional stability? There's a lot of things we could talk about right now because we all are dealing with something and we're all looking for the cure for something. There's so many of us or we are looking in the wrong places. We're chasing after the wrong things, thinking that it's gonna give us the cure, but it's not. That affair, it's not gonna cure your marriage. Getting more money, that's not gonna cure your finances. 
isolating yourself, that's not going to cure your anxiety and depression. There are a lot of things that we got to do in this world. But when it comes to finding the cure, there's one thing. And that's going to Jesus. We need to follow the example of the leper and go to Jesus. Because here's what this guy did. The guy did three simple things. The first thing he did was he came to Jesus. He came up to Jesus and, and was in the circle with him. And that's a crazy thing because as we saw, if you were a leper, you were an outcast, you were not supposed to be close to people, you were supposed to shout out that you're you're unclean. He had the guts to go into proximity with Jesus because he saw what Jesus was doing and wanted to be a part of it. It's the same thing with us. We need to put ourselves in proximity with Jesus because we can see what Jesus is doing. We can see Jesus performing miracles. We can see Jesus intervening in people's life. And what we need to do is no matter how broken we feel, no matter how distant we feel, we need to say, I need to get close to Jesus. So he came to Jesus. And then he called to Jesus because he didn't just get close and just kind of stand there. He didn't just get in the circle and just kind of hang out. Once he got there, he asked Jesus to heal him. And there's a lot of us that we feel like, man, if I just kind of hang around Jesus, if I just kind of sit here and, and, and just exist, if I come to church, if I, if I serve a little bit, well, then Jesus is going to do his thing. No, Jesus wants to be in this relationship with us, which means we have to ask Jesus. We need to call out to Jesus, say, Jesus, will you heal me? Jesus, will you cure me? Jesus, will you cure my marriage? Will you cure my finances? Will you cure my identity issues? We got to ask him we got to call to him, and then we need to connect to him. And I know there's this feeling that I've been an outsider for so long. I've been so broken for so long. I've been so dirty and pushed away for so long that I can't connect to Jesus. But this story tells us that Jesus wants to be close to us, that Jesus wants to embrace us, that Jesus wants to be with us, that Jesus wants to have a relationship with us that is side by side because we matter to him. And as we come to Jesus, as we call to Jesus, as we connect with Jesus, what this allows us to do is it allows us to find the cure. And finding the cure is finding what matters. Philippians 1, 9 and 10, this is a scripture you're going to see all the time here at this church. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. In this story, this guy came to Jesus. He called to Jesus. He connected with Jesus and he found what matters and what matters was Jesus. And out of connecting to Jesus, he found the cure. It wasn't just a physical cure. It was a spiritual cure as well. And I'm going to challenge all of us. The cure that we are looking for is Jesus. It might not be the exact way that we expect, but it's everything we need. And we can lean into that, and we can trust that, and we can believe that. And when we do that, we will find the cure. But then, the story doesn't stop there. Because the man didn't just find the cure, he found something else, which is the second way that we are made new, which is finding a community. 
See, Jesus healed this guy, but he's like, man, I, I don't want this guy to do life alone. I know this guy's been isolated. I know this guy's been by himself. I know he's been separated from his family. He's been separated from his community. He's been pushed to the outskirts. He needs to belong back with that community. And this is what he tells him in verse 43 and 44. It says, then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. And you might be asking, why would Jesus say, don't tell anybody? Why would Jesus, you know, have that moment? Why would Jesus, you know, like, be like, why, why would you not tell anybody? Well, it's because Jesus wanted him to go through the proper channels. Jesus wanted him to go to the right ways. And what the right ways culturally at that time was for them to go to the priest have a ceremonial cleansing, and it would be assigned to the entire community that this person was accepted back into the community. And Jesus knew if he didn't go through that ritual, then people would kind of be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if you're good. Oh, I, I don't know if we can really trust you. And, the, and then the other reason is Jesus didn't want to create an enemy with the priest at that point. So he's just trying to do things the right way, and he's saying, hey, get back into the community. Belong to that community because you can't do life alone anymore. And it's the same way with all of us. We can't do life alone. We need to find a community. We need to be in a group, a community together. And the way we do that is one way is we get in a serving team. Get on a serving team. We do work. We do life together. Maybe it's getting into a, a small group team where you open up God's word and discover God's word together. Maybe you're watching online right now and it's you and one other person Next week, invite five other people. Bring them into the community with you. Build a community there. There's these massive steps we can take, but here's the deal. I know as soon as I say get into community, that there's a lot of men and a lot of this gen that would kind of start putting me at arm's distance. That would say, I, I don't know if I really want to do that. I don't know if I really want to belong to that because I don't know if I just want to kind of lean on somebody's shoulder and cry. I don't want to get all emotional. And while, yes, sometimes that may happen inside of this moment, inside of this community, that's not all that happens. For example, in one of my communities that I belong to, we have uh, several guys that we, we all hang out, we, we talk, and this is some of the things that have happened this past week. We convinced one guy to get a mullet, we convinced one guy to become a Dolphins fan. And we convinced one guy to tell a story of him wearing someone else's poopy shorts. I don't know which is the worst out of all those, but I'm thinking it's the guy becoming a Dolphins fan, right? I mean, that's a rough life. That's life. But that's not all we've done together over the, this, this past few weeks, past few months. We've sat down and talked about our quest reading together. We've scheduled more times to do that as well. We've uh, sat down and graded each other's sermons that we recorded just to try to get better. We built a tiki bar out in the lobby to promote camp. We've done a lot of different things. And ultimately what I'm trying to say is when you are doing those different things, what you are doing is you're saying, I'm doing life with these people. And that's what community is all about, finding people to do life with. 
to the good, the bad, the exciting, the boring, the, the average, the mundane, the, 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 the typical, the, the, the exciting, the unknown. This is what it's all about, doing life together, belonging to a community. And I know when I say that, everyone's like, man, I wanna be a part of that. Well, you can find a community. And the beautiful thing is once you find a community to belong to, it actually gives you a community to affect to change, to make better, to make a difference in. That's what happened to this guy. He found a community to belong to, they could get back into, but then he affected that community. Mark 1, 45, it says this. It's, a, it's part of the story where Jesus says, you know, don't go tell everybody, and this is what happens. But the man went and spread the word proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. Jesus told them not to tell anybody. This guy went and told everybody. And because he did that, Jesus was made famous in this area. And I guarantee you it's because this guy's story was unbelievable to them. He's saying, hey, this is what happened. This is how my life changed. This is what occurred. Me, Fink, and Scott were talking about it. It probably wasn't just his, his life that was made new. It was probably his vocabulary that was made new as well. Because if you remember right, that if he was around people, he would have to shout out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And I wonder... Once he went through the right channels, once he got back into the community, he started to shout out, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. And people started to see this, and people started to notice this, and people would start to ask, how did this happen? And he would be able to look back at them and say, Jesus worked a miracle in my life. Jesus made me new. I think that same thing can happen to all of us. Because I know we want to be made new. I know there's things that we need cures from. I know there's communities that we need to belong to. I know that there's desires in our heart. And I want you to think about your neighborhood. I want you to think about your job. I want you to think about your school. I want you to think about your home. And I want you to think how your testimony, like his, could change a community. What would happen if you walked into your your, your neighborhood, your job, or any of those other places, and you said, hey, I'm clean, I'm clean, my marriage is better because Jesus made me new. I'm clean, I'm clean, my finances no longer have a stranglehold on me because Jesus made me new. I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm not gonna let my addiction control me anymore because Jesus has made me new. I'm clean, I'm clean. I'm not letting the weight of sin in my past hold me down anymore. I am free from that because Jesus made me new. I'm clean, I'm clean. I have an identity in Christ that is brand new and I love it because Jesus has made me new. I'm clean, I'm clean. My emotional stability is different now because Jesus has made me new. I'm clean, I'm clean. My relationships and friendships are stronger than ever because Jesus has made me new.
Think about how that changes a community. Think about how your testimony can make a difference wherever you're at. And I know it's easy to say, man, I don't know, Clay. I've been an outcast for a really long time. I've been struggling for a really long time. I've been hurting for a really long time. And I don't know if I could go up and talk to anybody. You got this scar tissue built up. You got this hurt, you got this pain in your life and you're struggling with it. And you're dealing with it and, and you're afraid, like I don't know how my story can really help anybody. But I can guarantee you, no matter what community that you belong to, there are people dealing with the same exact things as you are. And your story, like the lepers, can help change their story. See, it's finding a cure makes your life better. Finding a community makes life better. Finding a community also helps make other people's lives better. So as we go into a time response here just in a moment, I wanna ask you, are you looking for a miracle? Are you looking for the miracle to be made new? Because I got good news for you today. There is a way that that can happen. You can be made new by finding a cure. And that cure is Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for each and every single one of us so that we could be in relationship and close to him. And he wants to change our lives. He wants to change our stories. He wants to change who we identify as. And he wants to change everything about us so that we know how God truly designed us and has changed our life and has made life better. And life isn't gonna be better just here on earth, but it's gonna be better for eternity. And then once we find that, we get to find a community to belong to. And we get to find people we can do life with. We can find people that we can go through the good and the bad together with. And we can find people that we can lean on when time gets hard. We can find people that we go, man, this person cares about me. I'm not alone. I'm not in isolation. I'm not by myself anymore. And then we find a community to affect. We say, hey, this is my story. Let me share it with you. And that story might just change their story. See, in a moment, we're gonna sing a song called Speak Jesus. Maybe today you're going to speak Jesus. You're going to call out to Jesus. You're going to come to him. You're going to be like, Jesus, I need you. For the very first time, you're going to say, I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. It'd be amazing. You have that moment right there with God at your seat. Maybe you want to take the step of baptism. It's like a ceremonial kind of washing type deal where you're like, I'm going from death to life, just like this man did. Maybe you wanna take communion to remind yourself of Jesus' death on the cross. Maybe you wanna text a friend, call a friend, pray with a friend, and help them. There's a lot of ways we can respond. There's a lot of ways we can be made new today. If we're looking for a miracle, we can find one right now. Jesus, we're grateful for you, we're thankful for you. We love you. Lord, help us as we try to find the cure that is you. Help us take the right steps. Lord, help us to find the community to belong to and to affect.